Hey, what's up, everybody? You are watching On the Town with Tanya, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to come back and join us again. Um, uh, this week, uh, we are talking about Save Leonard Park. And so for those of you who don't know, um, there's um, there has been... Um, you know, have you ever driven down uh, Route 172 and a call has dropped or, um, or you know, have you had, you know, cell phone problems? There's been a lot of controversy um, on a new cell tower that's being placed uh, in Leonard Park. And so some parents have, of course, some um, good reason to be concerned. Um, and so today I have with me um, three guests who will help me um talk about and share um, what we think uh, is going on uh, and why, you know, if maybe there's nothing to be done about it, but at least um, residents will be aware. And that's the most important part. So uh, here with me today, um, it, there is a group called uh, Save Leonard Park, and it's a bunch of uh, other people, but there's some here today, parents, all parents, um, and concerned for, you know, many reasons, which we'll talk about. Uh, but our first guest, is Teresa Flora. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for you? having me. I'm very thank well. You. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. And our second guest is also a mom and a longtime resident. Everyone's a resident. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, please uh, welcome uh, Angie Garcia Gara. Hi, Angie. How are Hi. you? Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, you probably all know our former mayor, uh, Mike Sendrick. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to see you. Thank you very much for taking the time uh, to come and be with us. So, um, so okay. So basically, um, uh, I thought this was interesting um, because I know there was, um, you know, um, uh, this cell tower. You know that we have a couple here already, but um, this third one um, that is going to be rectified um, was you know, there was some situation where it was on someone's property and they wanted it off. Um, and, you know, with, I guess, great concern, uh, it was moved off. Problem being, um, it's moved now, the location is set for the park, Leonard Park. Uh, and, you know, it's with concern that there's a lot of reasons uh, why. So if you guys can take this through, um, well, first, I guess I'll mention the, the National uh, Library of Medicine, NIH, um, the study that they did. Um, and thank you for sharing that with me, Teresa. I appreciate you. Uh, but also you guys can find the study. Uh, um, I went to pubmed.gov uh, and it's it's by the National Library of Medicine. Uh, and it's a study on the effects of cell towers that, that, that it has on trees. And this study was done from 2006 to 2015. So it wasn't just an overnight flyby study. Um, and it appeared, it showed that uh, electromagnetic radiation from uh, the mobile phone, all that you know, tower stuff, uh, mass is harmful to the trees that are surrounded by it. So um, the results were consistent um, with the damage afflicted trees that were by the towers. Um, so uh, they said, you know, usually it was on one side, extending to the whole tree over a matter of time. So we'll talk about that, but that's just to give you just a little backdrop of what, you know, why the concern. Some people are like, well, so what? We want, we want better coverage. Um, so co better coverage comes with um, a big um, concern. So we'll say that. Um, and, and in all fairness, there might be five, 
thousand other studies that I didn't look at. So that's just being all fair. But that one to me stuck out because, um, and I saw other ones, but I don't have the quote of where you can find them. So that's why I'm not mentioning them. So you guys can take the floor um, first, uh, Teresa, if you'd like to just express how you became involved and your concern. So um, when this issue first started uh, for me in February of 2022, um, that's when I became aware that a cell tower was potentially going to be placed in Leonard Park. Um, what I didn't know was the whole backstory to that. What happened, you know, more than probably more than two years prior to that. Uh, and Mike Sindrich would know much more of the history than I would, but I've gone back and looked through the planning notes um, and what what happened up until February of 2022 to lead it, to lead the village board to decide to possibly place the tower instead of on a private piece of property um, on uh, South Bedford Road into Leonard Park. And um, so Mike probably has much more detail about that um, if he'd like to take it from there. Okay, if I can, um, uh, Tanya, this is a very complex issue. Yes. It's an issue that has been going on for three, possibly four years. It was voted down um, by the uh, current mayor and the uh, different members of the village board uh, a number of years ago. The people that voted it down on the board was uh, some reluctantly and some um, uh, emphatically. It was voted down by the mayor herself, mm -hmm. Izzy Albanese, Gene Farber, Peter Grunthal, okay. and um, uh, one other trustee that uh, um, I'm trying to remember the name. But anyway, it was unanimous. They voted it down and they basically told the uh, applicant, which was Homeland Security, mm -hmm. uh, we're not approving either location. We don't like the idea of Leonard Park and we don't like the idea of uh, South Bedford Road. Uh, it, it was also proposed at uh, in the Chase uh, uh, subdivision, it's 87 home uh, complex of high-end homes. Okay. It was proposed in there to put on the, uh, on the land where the current water tower exists. And I agree wholeheartedly with those people. They didn't want it in their area either so the south bedford road parcel um the applicant the, the application was made uh subsequent to this mm -hmm. and uh that's that was a result of a comprehensive plan under the uh there there are two people left so karen schleimer was the other one uh there are two people left on the board that were part of the uh, comprehensive plan and that was uh, the mayor the current mayor and karen schleimer and the comprehensive plan during that um, review of uh, what should or should not exist in the village of Mount Kisco, uh, they agreed that and and did a text change. And a text change is considered a uh, it's a it's a fancy two words for uh, a rezoning. But they allowed uh, that piece of property, which is 25 acres at 180 South Bedford Road, to be used for a solar farm. So. Looking at the, the property, the applicant uh, said, well, if they're going to allow a solar farm to go on 180 South of Bedford Road, which is theoretically a commercial use, then I'm going to make an application uh, after he was uh, approached by Homeland uh, Towers uh, to uh, uh, construct a uh, cell tower. So 
as we move along, mm -hmm. uh, the Chase Subdivision uh, Homeowners Association files a lawsuit against the village, mm -hmm. declaring that the 180 South Bedford Road parcel is was spot zoning, and some right. other issues that uh, you know I'd have to go back and look at the litigation. Right. And the Mars Sanctuary also uh, uh, filed an action against the village. Okay. So then, uh, for some unknown reason, the uh, the village uh, uh, board of trustees decides that let's look at Leonard Park again. Now, the reason I'm involved in this is uh, I think you know most of my children. I've been in the village of Mount Kisco for uh, over 50 years. Uh, I played softball in Leonard Park for 30 years. Every one of my children played a variety of sports. Even when my son was captain of the football team, the Fox Lane field was under, under construction and they didn't have a home field. And I wrote, I worked with the athletic director to have one home game in Mount Kisco and it was in Leonard Park. So needless to say, the park is near and dear to me. And during my tenure as mayor, the current village attorney for, who worked for me for better than 14 years, came up with a variety of reasons to protect the park and now he's made it now he's rendered a decision where this type of use may be permitted if it's authorized by the state legislature be it the assembly the senate and signed by the governor i i have a different opinion but i'm not the attorney uh, but it's something that uh, is quite clear to me previous practices says the park is to be used as a park, no commercial activity. And my my basic uh, stance on this is that uh, it's the prime recreation area. And I'm sure uh, either Angie or, or Teresa will talk about the environmental issues, the injustice of, uh, of taking parkland away from a, a very diverse uh, social, whether it's social or economic community. Uh, the park went the park grounds are sacred grounds to me and it's it's we are very very fortunate that we've had uh benefactors be it the leonard family and lila and dewitt wallace who gave us uh this uh this land to use for recreational purposes right so my position is simply this and i'm and, I, and then i'll pass it on to the the next person that would like to speak mm -hmm. you can go to leonard park mm -hmm. In many areas, you can walk to Leonard Park. Mm -hmm. You can walk a few feet into the woods. Mm -hmm. You can step out of the everyday life, everyday life of the 20th century, and you can step back in history. Mm -hmm. And some of this ground is unsullied. Some of this ground is in the same condition it was when Rochambeau's army marched through Mount Kisco and actually camped, in my opinion, on some of this property that should be in the historic register and uh, registry. So after saying that the land is gorgeous, it, it provides recreation for our community and it provi provides a mental health aspect of, uh, of quietness and uh, absolute, uh, even if you're just hiking through there, uh, you're enjoying life. So, uh, Angie, I know you've been working hard on this, and I, Teresa's been unbelievable. So, just yes. to pick up from there, and I can have, I can, I'm sure I can say more if you'd like. Okay. 
that's that's uh, you you went through a lot of the questions that I was going to ask. So thank you, I appreciate it. Um, uh, who would like to go next? Because that was I was going to ask about the land trust first, um, and you kind of covered that already. Because um, that's why I was wondering how that was able to get through that part. Um, um, not sure uh, what the details are. I'd have to go back and read um, how that was able to how that was able to happen. You know, if I lose well, something. It, like uh, excuse me. I, let me just say one more thing. There, there's a major controversy that exists on um, the, the Telecommunications Act of 1996 actually usurped the powers of local government and took away uh, some of our zoning rights. Uh, but this year, uh, I'm sorry, last year in, in 19, uh, in, I'm sorry, in 2021, a Supreme Court decision came down it was uh, not a Supreme Court, it was the uh, United States Court of Appeals. Decision came down uh, critical of the FCC and the FDA that they haven't done their due diligence in doing the research on health issues. And after reading that decision that was brought by uh, the Environmental Health Trust, I was of the opinion there, there almost should be a moratorium on these applications until this is sorted out. So you have you have two government agencies at odds at each other. You have the FCC saying the FDA makes the decision on uh, health issues, but the court saying, "Hey, you didn't do your due diligence, so let's uh, let's look at it again." So that 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 uh, court of appeals decision uh, can be uh, found on the internet. It's a uh, United States Court of Appeals decision that was uh, uh, the the uh, it came down. Uh, on August 13th to 2021, and it was brought by the Environmental Health Trust against the FCC. And uh, I'm, I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. And it's, uh, again, it's like any legal decision. It's uh, uh, volumes of uh, rhetorical information that uh, um, is difficult to comprehend. But um, if you read it two or three times, you'll get the, the uh, gist of what they're trying to accomplish. Right. Okay, so thank you for that. That um, great. Uh, we needed that backdrop um, because that's important um, for people to decide themselves if, if why it's important that people really think that someone needs to know, even if they still put it. I think, I think parents should be concerned, or you know, at least know. So if I want to have my kids at camp eight hours a day and it no, doesn't bother me, that's fine. But at least I know about it. So, um, so Angie, what what are your thoughts on it? Um, um, cause I know you have a, a son, um, as well. Um, you know, wildlife, trees, kids, camp, what's your major concern? Yeah, definitely. My concern is, uh, for the kids specifically, but for all of us, um, truth be told, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not an expert, um, but I've read enough that makes me feel, you know, we should all be concerned and we should all be asking <clears throat> for the data where it says it is safe. Uh, because that's one of the main concerns that I have. And, you know, I posed that question specifically to our current mayor when we spoke with regards to the tower. And I said, you know, where's the studies that say that it's safe? We're saying that we're placing this within a thousand feet of people's homes. Hmm. I'd like to know if it's safe. Hmm. Um, the information hasn't been given. And yet there are many studies that are out there uh, with regards to the the negative impacts to our health, our overall health. And that's with regards to everything from 2G to 3G, 4G, and 
5G is not available because those are the things that, you know, this is technology is so new. So of course it's not out there yet. So you can find the information. There's a web, a great website, Americans uh, for Responsible Tech dot uh, org. Um, they have a multitude of studies and anyone can go on there and there's a bunch of, there's just a wealth of information with regards to, you know, dealing with these kinds of issues because our town is dealing with it right now, but this is happening, you know, to many towns across the United States and everyone's fighting in different ways uh, to try to get, you know, <clears throat> our town boards to be um, on our side essentially and sort of say, okay, we, we understand your concerns and, you know, we, we want to support that. And so well, I'm thanks. just concerned as a parent that, you know, we're not, we're not doing our due diligence for our community to make sure that, okay, if we're going to put this thing up, uh, are there any safety concerns? Right. Well, and um, in all fairness, I did uh, try to reach out to the mayor via email. Um, it was a weekend, so it was kind of complicated. Um, but, um, the, you know, I was just told that it, they did the best decision that they thought um, was c compared to where it was before near the gentleman's home. I mean, if I was the gentleman, I'd be happy that it's not about my home. So in all fairness, I have to say that. But, um, you know, um, it's and I never know if it's a if it's a town thing or if it's a bigger thing. Because a lot of places, especially after the pandemic. I think a lot of places um, budgets might be affected. And so they might have to make these decisions. This is just my thought um, than they normally would have made. Um, so I don't know how that plays into it, but where, where would, where would, where would people like to see it? How about that? Where would people like to see this cell tower or not at all? Not at all. Okay. okay. We already well, have two within three miles. One, okay. one, one, one thing you have to know is that, uh, yeah, we're part of suburbia, Mount Kisco, but we can't contradict the aspect that we are an urban community and we have buildings uh, that are rather uh, tall and conducive to placing antennas on top of to provide for cellular service. For example, uh, the Northern Westchester Hospital. Uh, there's, there's several other buildings. In fact, you had mentioned we already have two cell towers. Well, this isn't about, and for me, this isn't about in my backyard. In 19, uh, in the 1980s, uh, a cell tower was uh, built on property uh, uh, behind my home. It's about 800 feet away, but the closest home is about 600 feet, maybe 650 away from the tower. But the, the original tower, which I knew was going to be a problem once the, that village board approved it, I, I, I just envisioned what was going to happen. It was 80. It was a wooden pole about 80 foot uh, in, in height, 80 feet in height. And it had um, it was on a property that was owned by the village where the village board, who uh, many years ago in the 60s, had erected a water tower. But that village board. Uh, had the intuition to uh, keep the water tower below the tree line. Well, now the tower that currently exists there, and it was expanded about two years ago, is probably 20 or 30 feet above the tree line, uh, can, be, can be seen all over Mount Kisco from every area. You can, uh, uh, I don't care where you go. You stand in front of St. Francis Church, 
Uh, you stand in front of where the Tommy Copper is. You go over by Mavis Tire. You go on the streets in my neighborhood, uh, Emory Street, but it can't be seen by uh, from my house. And this is not a political issue. We have a law. We have an ordinance, and I'm sorry, I, maybe I have it. We have a law that um, restricted the uh, uh, put certain restrictions uh, on the. Uh, uh, where the placement of the cell towers could be, and, and um, I don't have the, uh, I don't have the citation. But in any event, I'll look for it in a minute. But okay. it's a it's a law that uh, basically uh, determines the height of the tower, mm -hmm. and then the height of the tower is uh, the controlling factor on the distance from a home. Mm -hmm. So right now, the standard uh, that the mayor has cited several times was six, seven hundred feet, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I personally believe that uh, there are options. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to cite those options because personally, okay. I wouldn't impose a cell tower uh, on any development or near anybody's residence or near and especially near a playground. Right. And there's there has to be alternatives. Yeah. There's not. I don't think. I, and I, I've done a limited amount of research. I don't think there's a, a a community in Westchester County that has encouraged cell towers on parkland. And that is again, that is the main issue uh, for me. Uh, the the Leonard Park deed. Um, there are two deeds. One by the Wallace family, uh, Lila and Dewitt Wallace. Uh, that strictly prohibits the uh, any commercial activity in the park, and the Leonard deed uh, has a provision in there that um, is gray, and for as far as I'm concerned, that may allow an antenna in, uh, 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 or I shouldn't say an antenna, a commercial activity in the park, mm -hmm. if the parkland is alienated, and, and when, when I say alienated, it has to go and be replaced. Right. And that replacement is the controversy. The park is keeps growing in usage. Our residents and the number of people that live here, and a lot of the people are are dependent on this recreation space, and uh, it, it should not be taken away from them. Absolutely, you have tennis. You have um, the new volleyball court. You have the bocce that just great. was added. That was great. Um, and then also which I want to share a, a clip of that little video. Thank you very much, Teresa. Uh, the disc, disc, uh, disc golf is called? Mm -hmm. Disc golf. Which I never even knew it was there. I've been here 50 years. Hello. <laughs> so that was the best experience ever. And that, just that alone is enough. But also um, my concern would be the wildlife uh, next to those, next to this, you know, tower. I, I really would be concerned about that. If the trees died in that study, then what does that mean for, I mean, you know, it just, it's just not, uh, doesn't sit right with me only because of the wildlife is that's very important. And the kids that have to camp near their, you know, eight hours during the summer, yes. that's yes. a long time. It's not like you're walking through and you just run through real quick and then you go, that's different. But when you're there on a um, regular basis, I guess I would probably be concerned. But that's it's my personal uh, opinion. So you know. But uh, what else? What um the the disc park? How long ago did that start, Teresa? The disc. So, the disc golf course just turned forty five years old on August first. Wow. Um, the inventor of the sport, Ed Hedrick, mm -hmm. came to Mount Kisco 
and wanted to showcase this sport in a in a wooded area to show that this game could be played. Okay. It's basically golf with a frisbee mm-hmm. in the woods without hurting the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's it's the the part of the park that mm-hmm. is the most used year round. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm in the park all the time, even when it snows, I go running and they are the only other ones that are there beside me. <laughs> That's um, great. And I know I that. Um, I've been here 32 years. So um, I also have my own set of discs and started to play. Angie has gone up there and done it too. Um, Where do you but, buy the disc? I never even knew about this. Oh, you can get them anyway. You can get them on Amazon, any of the really? sporting places. Yeah, it's a big sport. It's a very big sport. And the 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 organization that takes care of um our park disc golf course uh mm-hmm. is called wedge um west just a disc golf enthusiast mm-hmm. and um one of their members is an arborist who lives in mount kisco and they take care of the trees and they take care of the trails and they make sure that it's well kept and clean mm-hmm. and when you talk about the forest um you know it's not just putting a five thousand square foot cell facility there mm-hmm. it's also cutting in a road um, right. We don't we don't know exactly where the road's going to be, but if I had to guess, um, I believe it's going to be through our walking trail, um, and that would fragment the forest. So when you talk about the wildlife, um, you know, there's plenty of animals that live up there: the deer, the coyote, the foxes. I mean, there's plenty of things. I've witnessed them myself. Yes. And when you cut a road in and you put this noisy facility in the middle of their habitat, um, they don't do well and they don't thrive and neither do the trees. So it's, it's very complicated. It's not just putting uh, a cell, it's, you know, when you say cell tower, people think of just a pole, right. but it's not. It's a big facility with a generator and all the ancillary equipment. And right. it's very noisy and very intrusive. And right. no matter how much they try to hide it mm-hmm. uh, with shrubs, et cetera, mm-hmm. you cannot hide this in the right. forest. And it right. would really diminish and probably destroy a good part of it because those trees are all connected underneath by their roots. So if you take out, um, you know, a bunch of trees, the, their neighbors are also going to be affected because their roots are all um, connected. Yes. So it's not just, uh, we don't know how long the road is going to be either. We were told 550 feet in length, but I have gone there and walked it myself. The way I took you, Tanya, is I the least... Out. It's the least steep route, and that route was 2,000 linear feet from the beginning of the asphalt in the parking lot around the pool area. Um, the pool is about, would be about 700 feet from the site. So mm. you have to remember now, like you said, the camp is there all day. They utilize the woods for their nature lessons, and they use the hiking trail. So they would be around this for their entire camp day, mm. all day for how many days a week they go to camp. You know, and I mean, people just need parents would need to know this. If I were to have, if, if I were raising my kids and I raised my kids in Leonard Park, I would want to know, and I probably would not feel comfortable sending them to a camp that was un- literally underneath the cell tower. Right. And I can't, I don't know where the number 700 came from as a safety, right. you know, uh, guideline, mm-hmm. but I, to me, that's not, that's not scientific research just saying 700 feet because it's it's worked out on kisco mountain none Mm. of us know any of any health histories of anyone on kisco mountain over the last 30 some odd years so we can't just make those statements it's just inappropriate to say stuff like that right Um, yeah and also just as an aside now leonard park is in the preservation district i'm not i mean mike knows much more about this than i do but 
I feel like that kind of, that designation, calling it preservation district, being the most fragile area that we have in Mount Kisco as far as the environment, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it has aquifers that hold the water and drink and wells that provide 10% of our drinking water. It's prone to flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start deforesting on that hill mm-hmm. leading up to the site, it's going to be a major problem. We also, our waterway there, Kisco River, um, is part of New York City watershed. So we're going to have to be, it's going to be ha- very interesting to see how this plays out. Um, uh, you know, and also another thing is the monopine. They, they want to make the, the cell tower into a pine tree, a fake pine tree. Um, but, and Angie was the one who, who told me about this, about, and Angie, why don't you just tell Tanya? Yeah. Well, with regards to the monopine, there's actual litigation that's been going on on the West Coast with regards to there's a current tower that exists, I believe it's Lake Tahoe, Mm -hmm. um, and the monopine is degraded and it's shedding and that's falling into the water systems and it's putting microplastics into the water. Oh, wow. Um, Wow. So it's very dangerous to think oh, this is not an issue and to not think of the possible, you know, impact that would have. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a concern. That's a big thing. So. We already have enough issues with our water. We don't need extra ones. Right. Uh, right. And, and just, I would like it if Mike would talk about the environmental justice, because you, you touched on it before, but I think it's important when you think about that Camp Iroquois is probably the most affordable camp in the area. And, you know, if you, if you have a cell tower there, parents may feel uncomfortable sending their child there and, and won't have many other options mm-hmm. beyond that. Mm. That's a good point. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, that is a good point. And um, that would be a major concern of mine uh, for my kid. Because, you know, like I said before, if you're just strolling to the park, who cares? But if you're there eight hours, right, five days right. a week. And Tanya, you were there when we, we had the nice ribbon cutting for the uh, volleyball. Yes. Uh, and the bocce ball. So you see what our demographic is here. And a lot of the community does not have a backyard. Leonard Park is their place to go with their children. So I think people have to be mindful of that. And while we don't want to put it right behind someone else's house, you also have to worry about the people who use Leonard Park as, you know, just an extension of of where they live. And that's me too. You know, I don't have kids, but I feel as though I, since I, 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 this is a very, um, something very near and dear to me. And I would want, you know, young parents don't have a lot of time. Like Angie invests a lot of time. She doesn't have a lot of time, but other young parents may not have heard about it. Don't have the time to get involved. But I, if it were me raising my kids, I would want somebody to do this for me too. Well, where can people um, reach you if they want to get involved? I mean, so um, I, I, it might be too late. Cause I heard they, they made the actual decision already. Well, they haven't signed a lease yet. Okay. So Mike could talk more about this. Okay. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. Mike, why the, don't you tell the, me? Uh, the uh, what, what's left to do is, uh, uh, and we hope uh, this doesn't have doesn't go this far. The village board would have to uh, do the overt act of signing a lease. Uh, they voted to uh, explore it. They voted to uh, explore the lease. Uh, they voted to uh, uh, undertake a taking of the property at uh, 180 South Bedford Road. Um, under the eminent domain provisions of the constitution uh but we hope none of this happens the uh uh 
what what would happen is after the uh, uh, if they did sign a lease and they move forward and they started the uh, state environmental quality review act process, uh, then they would have that and they they completed all of that and they designated a pro a piece of property that is of equal or better value than the uh, of Leonard Park, not only in size but also in uh, attractiveness mm -hmm. and convenience. Mm -hmm then that would all go to Albany. It would go to uh, our current representatives are uh, Pete Harkham and Chris Burdick. Uh, Harkham is a senator. Uh, Burdick is the assemblyman. It would have to be voted on by both of those, uh, by the Senate and the assembly. And then it would have to go uh, to the governor for her uh, signature, or if uh, I'm assuming they're being going to be reelected. Whoever's the governor, who's ever the senator, who's ever the assemblyman, it goes to them. I cannot imagine with their their record on the environment, mm -hmm. Burdick, Harkham, or even the governor mm -hmm. endorsing this proposal. Okay. I could be wrong. Uh, I could be listening to the rhetoric. If it's all rhetoric, it's if it's all just posturing for position, but if they're true environmentalists, no one would in, would be taking parkland. Now, in 1996, I was on the village board when Mark Farrell was mayor, mm -hmm. and uh, we adopted a what they call a personal wireless service facilities overlay district with certain provisions in it. And during some of the meetings we had back in February or March, I asked the village attorney, why aren't uh, you following the law that exists currently? And that it's section 110 dash 27 uh dot one mm -hmm. in the village code and he said to me that the uh uh the applicant the applicant now said the law is too restrictive so my question still to the village is if the law is too restrictive or it could be overturned by the court why haven't you repealed it and put in another law that is protecting the village of mount kisco residents that's one issue the other issue is there was a veiled attempt uh, to put to suggest that this was for uh, emergency responders and um, uh, safety issues. Mm -hmm. And even they suggested that it was for the people that uh, uh, may be uh, economically uh, stressed where they can't uh, afford wireless service. Right now, uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, and most people should know that the industry, whether it be Verizon now mm -hmm. with Fios or Optimum with uh, uh, their cell service, uh, their Wi-Fi wi service, mm -hmm. they have special discounted rates right. for people that are uh, uh, challenged economically. And we all and the applicant went as far to say we were going to deny if we didn't allow this tower to go in, we were going to deny. Uh, uh, the ability for children to apply for colleges because they need the internet. Well, we spent $6 million during my administration to build a library and the library has internet service and it, it, it as an option. So even during the pandemic, everybody had, uh, and anybody that couldn't afford it was availed the opportunity, uh, to get online. So that that's a falsehood. So okay. this yeah. is all about profit. It's about competition. Okay. And uh, it's something that uh, 
you know, I can understand the village board. They're, they're, they're uh, looking, they have a problem. Mm -hmm. They have a problem because uh, where the uh, site is before the planning board, they, uh, the people don't want it. There is litigation going on. There probably be more litigation, but they, they have a problem. And they also have, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's commendable uh, for a village government to look for revenue sources that aren't uh, uh, dependent on property taxes. But sacrificing a parkland that is basically for children and even old people like me, um, it's something that should not happen. And I think uh, there, there's a number of other issues. Uh, you know, I encourage people to, uh, if they don't have, uh, if they, they haven't read the, the two deeds that exist, mm -hmm. uh, they contact me. My name's in the phone book. Okay. And I will email them a couple of copies of the uh, of the uh, the two deeds that exist. The, the reference I made to the uh, wireless service uh, facilities that we adopted in um, 1996 was actually drafted by the uh, current Bedford Town Justice uh, David Menken, uh, and it's and he had he had uh, certain knowledge of the wireless facilities. So, you know, we just have to put everything in perspective. I understand that they have to go somewhere, but they don't, mm -hmm. they should not be on land that is designated parkland. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I totally uh, hear you. And um, again, my biggest concern uh, is children. Um, even people who have to be there more than eight hours, even if they're not concerned, I'm concerned for them. Uh, and um, the wildlife in the trees, uh, because we, you know it's nice for us to take a quick fix and say, "Well, I just want service," or, "Or you know, well, we're gonna make a, we're gonna make money off this, and you know, maybe recover back from whatever everybody in the world has lost from the pandemic." Uh, so there's plenty of things and uh, reasons why people could, you know, uh, say, "You know, we'll do this," uh, but the real thing is long term. We already have one in four women with, with breast cancer. Like, and where is that coming from? And now they're looking into what? My hair dyes and stuff. So imagine had that on to the map, you know, cell towers and this and that and food and, and water. And just it just becomes a big mess. And now you don't hear of anybody anymore living to be 100 like we usually do in, in our towns. I usually hear like, oh, your grandma, oh, she passed away. Oh, she's like 100. Right and now, and it's more like 45, 50, 60, you know, very young. Um, and I say, look at everything, not just one thing, but look at everything. So that's why I'm looking at this personally, uh, is because um, I don't really love the idea of any, I don't even like microwaves. So I'm probably uh, not the best um, person to um, go on the other side, but it's okay. I'm glad that you guys took the time to come and. Um, and share your thoughts because, you know, uh, if we don't talk about it, what are we going to do? Right. You know, what, what's going to happen? Oh, and even if it does happen, at least if nothing else, you have made people aware. And that's right. so important because if you don't know and you're going every day and having lunch, you know, yeah. by the time it's like, oh, I like that buzzing sound, or you don't even know what that is or what effects that could have on you, you know. Yeah. Tanya, um, just one more thing before we go. Um, the, the the site in Leonard Park, mm -hmm. um, Homeland Towers already has stated on the record that 
that site doesn't cure the in-car coverage gap as well as the site the, the site where there's a current cell tower lease uh, uh -huh. south bedford road so uh -huh. i just want to just make sure that we stay you know cognizant of the fact that this whole thing started because of an in-car coverage gap on route 172 which by the way anecdotally at least um that problem seems to have been rectified because we don't drop calls there. I mean, maybe you do. I don't anymore. I don't um, anymore. I used to, but I don't know. I don't know why. Bigger, right. Yeah. 684. They just worked on the, the, yeah. the cell tower over there. Yeah. The cell tower on Kisco Mountain got bigger. Um, but just so that we're all, we all understand that um, there's an in-car coverage gap. This is what the whole thing is about on Route 172. And if the Leonard Park cell tower isn't going to remedy that in-car coverage gap on Route 172, then right. what are we going to do? Where else are we going to be bathed in, you know, another antenna or, you know, another macro tower or something else? But for me, two within three miles seems to me to be more than enough. And um, we don't, Mount Kisco should not be the cellular dumping ground of Westchester County. Right, right. Okay, so, uh, but thanks. You, t you touched on the uh, physical uh, health issues, mm -hmm. uh, but equally as important is the mental health issues. And especially when, uh, when you talk about uh, uh, sickness and, and, and physical health, mm -hmm. the stress of everyday life, especially we witnessed it during the pandemic. Yes. When you, when you can go to an area uh, like Leonard Park mm -hmm. uh, and watch young people play or watch all people uh, enjoy walking through the wooded area or walking on the roadway or the people playing tennis or now the volleyball courts or merely sitting by uh, the historical building uh, that is the gateway to Mount Kisco, right. uh, the, uh, the, the pagoda that Lila Wallace built uh, for this community. Uh, that mental health aspect, that stress reliever of having this area where you can just get away from it all, uh, especially over where uh, uh, Teresa and Angie live. This is in walking distance mm -hmm. to a vibrant community that they can really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we first moved to Mount Kisco, my wife was born here, but when we moved here as a married couple uh, into Diplomat Towers, uh, when my kids got a little older, they rode their bikes from Diplomat over into the park, spent the whole day there. Mm -hmm. Most of them worked there as lifeguards and camp counselors and, uh, uh, like I said, played sports. Yeah. <clears throat> we, we the, the adults in the community, are supposed to leave something better than what we've got when, mm -hmm. when, when we started out in life. Mm -hmm. And that's why the preservation of Leonard Park is so important uh, to a lot of people. Oh, well Absolutely. Said, Mike. Yes, well said. And, and, and I forgot, I went to camp there, too. My brother did, um, even though I'm a Bedford Hills resident now, I lived in, in Mount Cusco for like, I don't know, 19 years. I don't know. I got to do the math on it. But um, but I went to the camp there and I think I worked at one of the park. I think I worked at the park. Did I work at that one or did I work at that one? But I, I was there a lot, um, swimming, uh, you name it. Um, and there used to be a, um, it's not a volleyball, the ball that goes around. Uh, the Oh, yeah. In the, in the ring. Tether ball. Oh, my God. That's my favorite thing to play. Um, I never forgot that. My brother used to play baseball all the time uh, with a lot of people that you guys are, are probably know, uh, that everybody probably knows because they do so much in the community. Um, so there are great memories. Um, you're absolutely right. My brother used to go fishing in the little lake there when it was 
able safe to eat the fish. Uh, you know, there's so many great things in that park. Um, my kids played in the, the playground. So you're right. That is, you know, those are things that we need to think about, um, leaving it better than what we had. And I thought we had it pretty good. So, and it is beautiful now. Like they've done a great job. You, when you were here, it was a great job. What's done being done now is great job. It's beautiful. There's a lot, you know, the adding the volleyball court, making it you know nice again, all that stuff. The tennis courts are fabulous. I love playing tennis there. And and I, someone had mentioned about not being a, a, a resident. I remember when you used to have to um, show your, with your ID. <laughs> I'd be you like, all right. You so, remember Mary Ellen McCade? But as yeah, McCade, the you game taught keeper. me tennis. Yes, yes. You taught me tennis. I love Ms. McCade. But that park does bring so many great memories. I cannot even tell you how many memories from childhood. I'm 57. I didn't want to tell my age like that, but I'm 57 and I've been here 50 years, I think. 50 years between Bedford Hills and Mount Kisco. Uh, and so, I mean, I moved around, but that's where I initially, my playground, to call it. Uh, so thank you for the reminder. Um, and, uh, and Teresa, thank you for, um, you know, bringing the awareness to us uh, and sharing with the community. How do we reach you? How do people reach you if they want to um, maybe become involved? Even if, I mean, they just keep an eye on, I mean, I'd like to see what the, I'd love for them to do a, a health survey from now until five years from now and see if there's an effect once it's put in, things like that. Uh, because even though it'll be too late, but um, there's some things to think about. There really are. Mm. Well, we're really going to try to, we're hoping and praying that they change their minds and do something else and go someplace else and realize what they would be uh, destroying. Uh, um, so if people need to reach me, I'm on Facebook and okay. um, it's, it's protect Leonard park, Instagram, protect. save Leonard park. Protect. And also my email T Flora at gmail.com um, can reach me. If you want to come by Leonard Park, I'm yes. always in Leonard Park in the morning. I, I put this one up first. Is that good? Protect Leonard Park on Facebook? <clears throat> yes. That's the group. And I can reach yeah. you there. If you, if you have any problems, just reach out to me, inbox me, and I'll be more than happy to direct you to anybody that's been on uh, today. Uh, so let's see what just a couple of people will say or saying. Uh, hello, Jane, out there. Uh, I meant to make sure there's no question. Uh, Facebook, you know, they need. Oh, someone had mentioned we need to march to Village Hall to get publicity. Yeah, we could do uh, that. <laughs> move as many people as possible. Someone else said get the environmental of the county of Westchester on it as soon as possible. Uh, someone else thinks that is money driving this. Uh, someone had to speak for the one less fortunate. I'm not sure. I didn't get all that. Uh, someone else said they were a counselor at the park. Thank mm -hmm. you. Uh, I couldn't see your name. So thank you for uh, someone said hello to you, Mr. St. Hello. Uh, so thank you very much, guys, for uh, taking the time to uh, to 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 listen to what we're saying. What's this towers? Is that the link you want me to put up uh, that was sent to me? I'm going to put this link up. One second. Give me a moment. Comments. OK, it's hard to talk and do this. So I apologize. Uh, but thank you. Is that right? That's good. Let's see. Tell me if that's correct. Right. Yeah, that's that one right? of the emails that we that we have as well. Okay, so you guys have the email there, uh, towerfreepark at yahoo.com. That's right. And you, you can always reach any of us. But let me just, uh, for fun, to loosen it back up, I'll play a clip um, of, of the one you took of me in the park doing the disc golf. I thought that was quite fun. So here it is, guys. <laughs> Put your finger in like that. And then just make sure you go down at the end. 
Ooh, nice. It's hard, right? That was good. That was great for a first hour. I tried my best. I tried my best. It's uh, that was it's great. And we were standing basically on what is supposed to be the site. So you right. can see how pretty it is there and you get beautiful Vista and it's just an amazing, amazing place to be. And the Japanese do something called forest bathing. And I do that also. Forest bathing. Great. You cannot go into that forest. You can't go, you can go in feeling bad and come out feeling great, but there's just no way you're not going to come out of there feeling good and feeling like, you solved your problem or at least got a little bit closer to solving it. And you know, Tanya, you've been there and you know, we had a good time that day. And Angie's been there too, throwing discs yeah. also. It was. I, I thank you so much for reminding me um, how fantastic that park is. I love all our parks. Uh, and I will tell you this before we wrap it up. Um, the park is kind of what saved me during the pandemic immensely. Many people, Tanya, including the disc golfers, everybody was out. We, you know, we were able, I was able to still run there and people were, and that really was the point where it really became very busy and people discovered Leonard Park and right. now have come back and just are just, you know, daily uh, users of the park. So it's very important that we keep it intact. Keeping it intact is important for so many, so many reasons. Yes. Um, you know, I, it, we, we went through most of them, but there's a, there's a lot. Yes. So thank you for having us. It was great. I thank you guys all for uh, for joining me. Uh, Angie Garcia-Gara, uh, former mayor Mike Centric, and Teresa Flora, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Uh, and um, guys, uh, please do me a favor and share, uh, share the show uh, so that the word gets out and join their Facebook page if you get a chance. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. Bye. Very and much. Angie, keep me informed of what you guys are doing. I hope I can join we'll you when, when you Definitely. have a meeting in the park. Definitely. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Angie. Thanks, right. Tanya. Thank you guys you. can hang out for one minute and I'll just end the show. Bye, guys. And don't forget to like and share. And thank you for watching on the Town of Tanya.